0: Luke chapter seven, verse 11. Now it happened the day after that he went into a city called Nain and many of his disciples went with him and a large crowd. And when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother. And she was a widow and a large crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. And he said, do not weep. Then he came and touched the open coffin and those who carried him stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. So he who was dead sat up and began to speak and he presented him to his mother. Then fear came upon all and they glorified God saying, a great prophet has risen up among us and God has visited his people. And this report about him went throughout all Judea and all the surrounding region. Oh, I love this story went about all surrounding region, all Judea, what had happened. Anybody believe that when Jesus shows up, anything is possible? Come on, anybody believe that when Jesus shows up, you never know what's going to happen when Jesus shows up on the scene. Come on, anybody believe in a good God and a live Jesus? Y'all don't get quiet on me because it's 1230 in the afternoon. Anybody believe that anything is possible when Jesus shows up? Jesus shows up and a miracle happens. I want to preach a message in our series called Unreasonable Hope. I want to preach a message today called, you could write down the title. It's called Root Remedy. Now, the title, I have to be honest with you, comes from one of my favorite drinks at one of my favorite restaurants, Root Remedy. But um, I want to talk today about the remedy for our soul. And uh, again, we're going through a series called Unreasonable Hope. And this is really out of the book that, uh, like Julia mentioned, comes out on Tuesday. And um, we're just kind of going through the sections of the book. Last week, if you weren't here, just so we're all on the same page, we talked about the first section of the book being the struggle and talking about how all of us have a struggle. And in order for God to really help you in your struggle, you got to be honest and say, I'm in a struggle. And uh, we talked about what that looks like last week in the struggle. Today, I want to talk about the remedy the root of the issue, and the remedy for our soul. Let's pray. Let's believe that God will speak to us today. Amen. If you are married, why don't you just grab your spouse's hand and uh, we'll pray together. If you're single, grab your own hand. (laughs) <laughs> that made me laugh too. Couldn't wait to say it too. I just couldn't wait. I was like, oh, this is going to be funny. Okay, let's pray. Come on, y'all. you a bunch of church people. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for Zoe and thank you for what you're doing. And we acknowledge your presence here. We acknowledge your goodness. God, remind us today of how loving and kind and gracious you are. God, open up our eyes so we can see Jesus. Open up our ears so we can hear the Holy Spirit. Do what only you can do in this setting. We are thanking you in advance for being an encouragement encouragement to our soul and a strength to us. God, we are also thanking you with all faith sincerely. Thank you for coffee. We vow to enjoy it and to consume lots of it, the nectar of heaven in Jesus name. And everybody said, come on, if you're grateful for coffee and everybody said, (laughs) amen and amen. Um, wash your hands here. If you've ever been sick ever been sick? Let me just see your hand. If you've ever been sick in your life, I, I, I don't know how you are, but I hate being sick. Anybody else? Just, I hate, some people are just like, they can tolerate it. They're okay with it. It just like, I, I don't like to slow down. I don't like the ailment. I don't like the, just the, whether you have a fever or a sore throat or you're achy or just, I despise being sick. And there's two types of people in the world when they get sick. There's two types of individuals. They're the type of people that get sick and they're just good. Like they're all right. They're sick and they just go to work and they're sick and they, get up and they they respond to their alarm and they're fine and they this is now I'm good I'm good I'm good now nah, I'm fine I'm good I'm good I'm good I'm not that dude okay I'm if I'm sick I want the world to know I'm in struggle I want the world to know I don't feel good I, it could be the smallest thing like a tickle in the throat I'm like oh God, I'm dying <laughs> I'm dying. Oh, my gosh. I got to snap about it, tweet about it, post about it, Facebook about it. I gotta, everybody needs to know I'm sick. Anybody drama like myself, just let me hear you say some noise. Just struggle is real people. I just, I don't like to be sick. And thank God I grew up with a mother who is Mexican because the the, the resolve to every issue when you grow up in a Mexican's home is Vicks Vapor Rub. Solve every issue you ever had. You got a headache, Vicks. You got a fever, Vicks. You're sore throat, Vicks. It don't matter what you got. You got a real issue, Vicks. Just that's how we grew up. So, so that's just that's just how I faced problems growing up was Vicks Rub. But but if you have a problem in life, like for example, you have back pain, you go to the chiropractor. You have Uh, um, um, an eye issue, you go to the optometrist. If you have an issue with your skin, I'm I'm 36 years old now. Now, if I see anything on my skin, I'm like, oh, I have cancer. I'm dying. I'm dying. Joya, I'm dying. She's like, that's a scratch. Same thing. Just like, but you have an issue with skin, you go to the dermatologist. You have an issue with your head, you can go to the psychologist. But what happens? Some are like, is that where I should go? Stop, Chad, enough. But um, If you have a broken heart, where do you go? If life throws you death or sickness, divorce, betrayal, where do you go with a broken heart? The Bible says in Proverbs, it says that hope deferred, it actually makes the heart sick. And I know for us, for my wife and I, when we face the the diagnosis for our daughter it was it was exactly that hope deferred our, our, my heart was literally sick but it wasn't just that we had just faced this one issue, this one thing. It was that we we continued to face problems. I, I know for us, we had to find a remedy for for our daughter, Georgia. For those of you that don't know our story, we have a four-year-old girl who is absolutely amazing and incredible. Her name is Georgia Estelle. But she was born with, with smooth brain, with really without a brain. And with that brought all kinds of complications. One of them being, she has nothing in her head that tells her how to swallow. So when she was very young, just a few months old, we had to go to the the doctors time and time again for swallow studies. And they would they would study how she swallows and to see if she was fit to actually get food through her mouth or if she needed a feeding tube. And she was just quite, kind of right on the border of, of whether she would need a tube or she could do it on her own. Well, Julia being the hero that she is and resilient, incredible caretaker, she was determined to keep feeding Georgia and, and get this muscle going. So she would spend two hours for breakfast and two hours for lunch and two hours for dinner and two hours for snack. And, and this is not exaggerated exaggeration. She would do it every day and she would just feed her and try and work with her and try and work with her. Well, sometimes she would keep the food down and praise God, hallelujah. But sometimes she would throw it up. And this happened so often and so much that finally, finally for the problem, for the issue, we, we, we threw up the white towel, uh, white flag and we, we went to the doctors and we got a feeding tube. And now today, that is still how Georgia gets all of her food, all of her sustenance is through a feeding tube. I just think that in life, there's a solution to every problem. If there's a problem, there is a solution, and good news to us that the solution or the remedy—another word you can use—is the antidote to what you're facing in life. Jesus doesn't just have an answer. Anybody believe today that He is the answer? Come on, anybody believe that Jesus? He's the solution to our soul. He's the solution to our brokenness. I love this story. Luke chapter 7, it's a story about a widow that is broken. Let's just get into the context of the story. This woman, she is a widow. So translation, just so you're familiar with the character we're working with today. She is without a lover. Her lover whom she wed, who she had a son with evidently, he's dead. He's gone. Dead and gone. Great song, dead and gone. He's not there. He's gone. She's lost her. She's a widow. And not only now has she lost her, her lover... But the Bible's saying that this woman from Nain, who, by the way, just real fast, Nain is like Nowhereville. Nain is like the least of the least. Nain is like, the, like Palmdale, okay? Nain is like, like, what's God doing in Marietta, okay? So just like way out there, like boondocks, okay? Like what's God doing in Alabama, okay? So just just Nain. She's from Nain. She's lost a husband. And now, just so we're on the same page, she lost her son. This is Horrible. This is... Awful. She is she's lost her son. She's lost. She has no one to to take care of her. She has no one to continue her name. She's she's overwhelmed. And and the the community, the the church folk, they they rally around her. Her son has died on the same day of his death. He is in the coffin and they're on the way to the funeral, and they're gonna bury bury him that day. As they're walking, she's got a crowd, she's mourning, she's on her way to bury her son, and all of a sudden it says that Jesus comes through name. By the way, this wasn't on the way to anything. It wasn't like he was passing through. Jesus came to found, find her in her issue. Anybody thankful today that God doesn't wait for you to come to him, but anybody thankful today that grace will hunt you down? Come on, grace will find you in your brokenness. It will find you in your situation. It will find you in the club. Come on, somebody. It will find you wherever you're at because God doesn't always wait for you to come to him. He, grace comes to you. So he actually finds his way to name. He's not there for burgers and fries. He's there to help this woman. He's got a crowd with him. And by the way, just so that we can all understand the, 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 the magnitude of Jesus, he kind of puts his crowd on pause because he's actually now interested in her crowd and her issue. He shows up at just the right time. I'm so thankful. He didn't show up five days after the death. It wasn't six months later after the funeral. No, our God is an on-time God. He knows exactly when to show up. He's never too early. He's never too late. Anybody believe that our God has perfect timing? He knows the exact time to give you peace and comfort and joy and love and sustenance. Come on. Anybody thankful today that God shows up exactly when you need it? This lady is hanging her head in her sorrow, in her pain, she thinks it's over. Hope is gone, it's lost. She's on her way to what she thinks is death and funeral and little does she know she's on her way to encounter life and resurrection. Because when Jesus shows up, no longer is it a pity party. No longer is it boo-hoo. Now it's resurrection and it's life. Jesus knows exactly what's about to happen. Watch what he does. He looks at the woman. I love this about Jesus. Please hear me. Jesus is not this abrasive, Captain Save the Day type superhero. He's not this person that lacks any type of, of compassion or grace. Watch how Jesus shows up on the scene. He actually shows up and the Bible says he's moved with compassion. Let me just give you a few thoughts today. Write down the first thought today. Number one, he knows. He knows. Just <laughs> be encouraged today. God knows. He knows what you're facing. He knows what you're going through. He knows where your soul is. He knows where your headspace is. He knows where your bank account's at. He knows where your relationships are at. He knows all your passcodes. Some like, oh, dang, I've been trying to hide those. <laughs> you know? He's going to be upset if keeps scrolling to the, what, stop, Chad, it's enough, it's not about lyrics today, but, I, I, I can't deny it, but um, he knows, you don't have to come into church and be like, um, God, I don't know if you saw this last week, but woo, that was a doozy, and, um, and you just, wow, <laughs> it's been a while since I had a job, a loved one, and um, God just, you, know, you don't have to tell God because he knows. He knows what you're facing. He knows the temptation. He knows the sin cycle. He knows the addiction. He knows the struggle. He knows the pain. He's fully acquainted. I love David in Psalm 139. He said, God, you know when I stand up and sit down. You know when I go out and come in. Watch what he says. He said, you know my sitting down and my my rising up. You understand my thoughts from afar. Listen to the next verse. You comprehend my path and my lying down and you are fully acquainted with all of my ways. God's not only concerned with your church ways. He knows all of your ways. And by the way, he doesn't love a portion of you. He loves all of you. He loves all of your ways. He said, you know, when I lie down and go up and come out and come in and stand up and sit down. He just you do you know that God is so into you. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows everything about you. He knows. God knows you so well, he knows your name. Remember one time in the Gospels, Jesus is walking with a big crowd. He walks, he looks up in a tree. He sees this guy, Zacchaeus. He goes, Zacchaeus, get down from here. God knows your name. He knows. He knows what you're facing. He knows what you're dealing with. He knows your pressures, your issues. He knows everything about you. God knows. Anybody thankful today that God knows when you're going through something? God knows when to show up. God knows when you're going. Come on, anybody thankful today? Come on, don't give him a little golf clap like, um so cute, Jesus. You're like really cute. Come on, everybody thankful for Jesus today. He knows. I don't know why I love saying it that way. He knows. Like, I have real issues. He knows, and yet number two, write down, he is. So he he knows what the lady's feeling. He knows that she's a widow. He knows that she's about to to lose her mind and all hope is gone and he knows he's the remedy he knows the situation he knows the funeral parade he knows what this whole crowd is there for he knows and yet he shows up and the Bible uses this word compassion that he reveals himself not as this dictator not going like lady don't cry your tears it is me Captain Jesus. I walk on water. I'm great at weddings if you need wine. I just It's a good Bible joke right there. That's a good one. He's not this. This unrelatable, uncompassionate figure. He shows up and he reveals himself in compassion. And it says he sees the woman and he Sees the crowd and he could care less about his followers. Jesus is not self-absorbed. He is not narcissistic in nature. He says, I could care less about my following. I'm worried about her crowd. And he says he, he has compassion on her. Why, church, do you think he has compassion? I'll tell you because he is compassion. The Bible says in Isaiah 53 that we call him a man of sorrows. Watch what it says here. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. This is our God. He has compassion. Why? Because he is compassion. He knows what it means to be rejected. He knows what it means to have hurt. He knows what it means to grieve through loss. He knows what it means to cry yourself to sleep. He's, he's, not, he's not distant. He's not disconnected. He's, he's compassionate in his nature. He is God. He shows up and he is compassionate because he is compassionate. I'm thankful today that God is who he says he is. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the Lord of Lords in control. He is the man of sorrows. He is the bread of life that will sustain you through the sorrow. He is the one that calls you by name. Come on, anybody thankful today that he's not hoping to be, but anybody declaring to yourself, he is. She thought she was going to death but she was walking into resurrection. She thought she was headed into a funeral, but she was walking into a collision with grace. And Jesus shows up into this lady's life and he feels something. Why was he so moved? This is a a, a woman with her only son. Jesus was an only son. He saw himself in the coffin. He saw himself in the pain. He said, that's me. I relate with this. The Bible says in Hebrews, we have this intercessor that relates with us. He faced every temptation just like us so he can relate with our, our sorrow and pain. He relates with this woman with such compassion and he actually comes over and grabs the coffin. Now, I'm just saying, if it was me and I was carrying the coffin and Jesus walked up, I, I don't know if I would have looked back. I would have just been holding it like, oh, shoot, what's about to happen? Jesus, he's like, young man, get up. I'm like, uh It says that this kid that was dead stood up and began to speak and watch what it says of Jesus. He presents him back to his mother as if to say, what was robbed from you, woman? What's been taken away from you? I am the God of restoration. Here it is. It's back. Enjoy it. It's your son. It's life. And and it's amazing to me what happens after this. It actually says that after the resurrection that they walk away, the mom's probably elated and embracing the son and they're back together. And Jesus is probably back to his crowd. And it says that the crowd that was following her, they get together and they go, what a, what a prophet has been raised up among us. But Jesus knew within himself, he wasn't just a prophet. He knew he was the Messiah. Because not only does he know, he is Jesus. He is Christ alone. He is the cornerstone which the builders have rejected. He is the name above all names. He is the Lord of all lords. Anybody thankful today that you can hang your hat not on a remedy that you're hoping works out, but on a remedy that has proven time and time again from generation to generation? Anybody believe in Jesus Christ, Christ alone? Y'all give him some praise in the 1230 if you believe in Jesus. So number one, he knows, he is. And I'll give you number three, he always has more. He always has more. I love this about God. Just when you think that it's finished, just when you think it's down and out, just when you think you're Conor McGregor about to get choked out, just when you think it's over, don't make me on a Sunday morning, don't don't you make me preach. (laughs) Just when you think you're finished, God shows up and the whole thing changes. Daniel's in a lion's den, and he's thinking, this is it. It's over. They close the lid. It's game over. There's lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. And I'm, di- I'm, I'm dead. And Jesus said, I got one more shot for you and kept him good all night. What about Shadrach? Meshach and Abednego. If you don't know the story, it's a story in the Bible about these three dudes dudes who stood up for their faith and said, we're not going to bow down to a foreign God. We refuse to bow down to another God. We only serve our God. Well, they threw him into a fiery furnace, and all of a sudden, the king who threw him in looks into the fiery furnace, and there's not just three of them, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, but the Bible says a fourth appeared, almost like Jesus alone, because never will he leave you and never will he forsake you. Anybody believe that God knows where to show up in your world. They thought it was over, but God had more. It happened for Joseph when he was sold into slavery. It happened for Jonah when he was in the, in the middle of, a, of, a, of the belly of the whale. It happened for Moses when he stood at the Red Sea. It happened for Abraham when he thought he was going to have to kill his son. It happened time and time and time again because God seems to have this way of when you think that the story is done, another chapter appears because he is the author and the finisher of our faith. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but I came to tell somebody there's always more with God. There's always more. It's always, it's too early to quit. It's too early to throw in the towel. I was in Alabama yesterday. My prayer to God, i never have to go back unless it's to Birmingham or Mobile. I was in the weirdest place in Alabama. I was like, this is a real Duck Dynasty episode right now. I'm in an episode just looking for beards everywhere. I can handle this part of the country in four hour increments. Get me in and get me out. I'm getting, I'm getting, but I'm not. Um, and I was talking about how there's more with God and God's got more and there's always more with Jesus and more with God and this man came up and I love, I love the goodness of Jesus. Do you know what the Bible says in, in Romans chapter two, verse four, it says it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. And this man came up and, you know, he had, had once served God with passion But because of mistakes he made in his personal moral failures and in his own space, he he walked away from a passionate relationship with Jesus. And just yesterday he walked up and he said, I walked away for so many years and I thought I was done. Tears in his eyes. He said, something came back inside of me today. Something was restored within my soul. Hope was renewed. I always think about Jesus. Jesus. There's always more with God. There's always more. You might be down to your last penny, saying like, man, I don't know if we should tithe. We ain't really got no money. Throw the penny in there because God will show up. You might say, we should just sign the papers and get divorced because I hate you, you hate me. No, 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 don't you quit because if God shows up, what is dead can get resurrected. There's always more when it comes to God. He is the root of the remedy. He doesn't have a solution. He is the solution. I want to invite the worship team to come back up. And I don't know who, who, who need to hear this today, but I know for us, the struggle was so real. And, and if I'm being really honest, we're still on the journey. And people ask me everywhere I go, how's Georgia? Is she doing better? And There's sometimes I can look at them and be like, Georgia's doing the best that she's ever done. There's other times I have to look at them and say, you know, pray for her. She's not doing that good right now. But even though the struggle when we first found out four years ago, it was a painful, sorrowful, hurtful, just a, a tragedy. I can say that we quickly, we didn't just find a solution to get our daughter a feeding tube for a remedy. But as a parent and as a father, as a husband and as a leader, I needed, I needed a remedy for my soul. She needed medical attention. I needed heavenly attention. I needed God to come down into my world. Say, you're going to be all right. I know you're walking with your kid with your head down and you think it's over. And I know you're crying and I know it's painful, but I'm making my way all the way to where you are. And when I show up, what's dead in your heart when I speak gets resurrected with life. And I'm telling you, Jesus is the remedy. Oh, I got to read you this, this quote. Can I get my iPad back? The holy anointed iPad. Give me this iPad, please. Let me just read this quote to you. You can stand back up. Stand back up to your feet. Can I read you a quote real fast? Someone sent this to me yesterday and I thought, ain't this like God? Sometimes people put into words what you feel in your soul. This man wrote me yesterday. He said, you know, we can live 40 to 50 days without food. We can live eight to nine days without water. You can go four minutes without air. But you can only go a few seconds without hope. I think Jesus showed up in name because he knew that he wasn't going to let this woman go a few seconds without hope. He knew that he had to get there. He knew he had to stop his travel. Come on, church, help me preach. He knew he had to stop his travel and make his way because he didn't want this lady to go another second without hope renewed in her soul. Come on, I don't know where you're at today, but you got to lift a hand. Jesus in is this, in this place. And if God is for you, who can be against you? Oh, come on, lift your voice.